News Weekly is an ad-free listener-supported podcast made possible by subscribers like you. Just go to patreon.com slash Shah. that's S-A-M-I-S-H-A-H, to support the podcast. Top Stories of the Week The Real Royal Commission was the friends we made along the way. Also, crisis in cricket. All that and more on News Weekly. Hello, I'm Sammy Shah and thank you for joining me as we punch the news in the headlines weekly. Justice is a dish best served to Scott Morrison so he can get food poisoning. News now. Finally, after hours and hours of interviews with obfuscating liberals and recapping what basically everyone already knew back in 2017, the RoboDebt Royal Commission has handed down its report. A summary of the report is basically the words F and U scrolled over a picture of the coalition government. But a more detailed analysis is also available. The Royal Commission into the robo-debt scandal has handed down its findings into the unlawful scheme, recommending its architects be referred for criminal and civil prosecution. The commission was overseen by a former Queensland Chief Justice Catherine Holmes, who might be the first good thing to come out of the blighted hellscape that is Queensland. A sealed chapter, separate to the Bound report, recommends referrals of individuals for civil and criminal prosecution. In the report, Commissioner Holmes states that those individuals will not be named publicly. They won't be named to give them a chance at a free and fair trial, which is more than they ever gave the thousands of people they accused of rorting the system by using a technology that was basically a conservative with a hard-on for the phrase dole bludger telling poor and vulnerable people your money or your life, which is the only reliable way conservatives in Australia can maintain enough of a state of arousal to continue spawning with each other long enough to shit out the next generation of bowtie-wearing Christian conservative neocons with bad haircuts and a conviction in a political philosophy that starts at I got mine and ends at fuck you if you aren't me. So, in case some of you don't know, here's a brief explanation of RoboDebt by Channel 7's finance editor Gemma Aitken. Right, RoboDebt is a computer system that checks how much people who are receiving welfare benefits should get. So it asks someone, what are you earning? And it compares that to tax office data that from their employer that shows how much they're earning. Then it looks at the two numbers, tries to match them up. If they don't match, it writes that person a letter and says you must repay a certain amount of money. Now, the problem is there have been so many errors in the system in the last few years that the government is now having to refund people it incorrectly took money back from around $721 million to 353,000 people. Now, the problem is, gosh, it's great that they're getting refunded now, but the stress and the heartbreak and the anxiety and the impact that had on many people's lives is a huge problem. So the government's apologised, but there's still a class action lawsuit about this. That explanation was given in 2020. Since then, we've found out that people committed suicide over robo-debt claims, had mental and physical health crises, and went into debt paying the government money they never owed it anyway. The way the scheme calculated what you owed was also entirely wrong, which means it was criminal. And the Royal Commission has heard from multiple low-level staffers at Centrelink who said they knew it was criminal and were told to ignore that criminality by management and a government that was comprised of such bastions of empathy as Alan Tudge, who was Human Services Minister in 2017 and forgot the human part of his job, probably because he was too busy having sex with the staffer and asking Sky News to go after the victims of the scheme who criticised it. 
Then there was Catherine Campbell, the then Department of Human Services Secretary, who, when asked about all the insane flaws in the robo-debt scheme at the time, said... Catherine Campbell says Centrelink's automated debt system needed fine-tuning, but insists it's now working. And she's blamed the media for creating confusion. Because of some of the stories in the media, there was a belief that all debts were wrong, and so therefore people started to get saying, I want this debt waived. Low-level staff working under her said that supervisors were verbally abusive when the scheme was threatened and even spat at them, which I just want to remind you, these are human adults working in a department called Human Services. There's also Stuart Robert, who looks like if Peter Dutton crossbred with a vole. He admitted at the Royal Commission that he lied when he said the system was working well, but he had to lie because the Liberal government needed him to. So what you said there, to your knowledge at the time, was false. To my personal view, yes, but I'm still a government minister and it's still a government program and this was the approach that Cabinet had signed off on three or four years earlier and had been going on and until such time as I'm not a lawyer, I've got a competent legal view, it is still just my opinion. I had a massive personal misgiving, yes, but I'm still a Cabinet minister. Or then, of course, there's Scott Morrison, because in Australia, all roads of incompetent corruption lead to Scott Morrison, who, just a reminder, wouldn't have had those three years to do all the damage he did to this country if Australians weren't so in love with negative fucking gearing. However, the report states that former Prime Minister Scott Morrison misled Cabinet by not providing all the relevant information. Commissioner Holmes writes he failed to meet his ministerial responsibility. Which isn't fair because she didn't specify which ministry and with Morrison you need to do that. And if you think I'm exaggerating, by the way, about Morrison's complicity in robo-debt, here's Channel 10's Peter Van Onselen a few years back telling us why no one involved with robo-debt was being held accountable during the Morrison government. I mean, no one is being held accountable here because ultimately it comes back to Scott Morrison. We saw there in the story, Stuart Robert is the minister now, but he wasn't the minister when these decisions were made around robo-debt. The minister before that for social services was Christian Porter. He wasn't the minister when it was conceived. The person who was the social services minister when it was first conceived was Scott Morrison. The person who was then in charge of the finances when they were trying to save the money in the lead-up to getting the surplus was the then treasurer. That was Scott Morrison. And then the person that wanted to make sure that they got the surplus because it was so important before the last election, that was the Prime Minister, Scott Morrison. The reason no one's going to resign for this is because at every stage of portfolio responsibility at the heart of what's happened here was the now Prime Minister and he certainly ain't going to sack himself. The weirdest part about that was Peter Van Onselen suddenly saying ain't instead of isn't like he's some teenager in a mall in the 1980s. Otherwise, at this point, it's a confirmed fact that any time anything bad happens in Australia, you can find Scott Morrison was somehow involved. I'm starting to think the gozlume I ate four days ago that gave me two days of food poisoning was made by him. Scott Morrison hasn't replied to the report yet because he is on holiday in Italy because fucking of course he is. Nothing new happening news now. It's been a hard week for Palestinians. I mean, technically, it's been a hard 75 years for Palestinians, but this week has also been hard. The trouble started when Israeli forces conducted a military assault on the West Bank city of Jenin, an attack this large in scale not being seen since the last time Netanyahu needed to distract people from corruption allegations. 
The attack, which was conducted using airstrikes by drone and on-ground IDF troops, left 12 Palestinians dead and devastated homes and roads. Mahmoud Al-Ghul's home was destroyed by a missile. He fled with thousands of other Palestinians during the two days of fighting. Basma Sami Hamad was asleep with her children when Israeli shelling hit. Today, she was supposed to be celebrating her daughter's first birthday. Israel says the attack was the result of growing militancy in Jenin, while the Palestinians have said blowing up their homes and killing children is probably not going to help decrease the militancy. But let's definitely keep trying the exact same approach. It might work the 76th year it's attempted. Netanyahu certainly seems to think so. This is just the first step. It's not... Uh... By no means uh, the, the last action that we will take. We will do what we can. It's a commitment to defending Israel that definitely doesn't have anything to do with domestic troubles. Gridlock and water cannons in Tel Aviv as thousands protest a crisis engulfing the city's police. The demonstrations came after Tel Aviv's police commander said he was quitting the force. He said he was leaving over political intervention by members of Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu's hard right cabinet. Meanwhile, Hamas in Gaza decided to put on a show of useless impotence once again by firing five rockets into Israel with devastating consequences. Gaza terrorists responded at the very end of the Jenin incursion by firing five rockets toward Israel early Wednesday morning. The IDF was on alert and the Iron Dome air defense system managed to knock down all of the missiles, but shrapnel from an interceptor hit a home in Zderot, causing damage to a ceiling. But no injuries. Netanyahu has vowed to avenge that ceiling by bombing the entire West Bank and Gaza. The rest of the world, meanwhile, can't believe this shit is still going on. How are this many people fighting for this long over the only spot in the entire Middle East that doesn't even contain oil? One person's protest is another person's riot. News now. Protests in France continued this week, with more businesses being destroyed and even the home of a mayor being attacked. There's been condemnation across the political spectrum in France of an attempt to set fire to the home of a mayor in a district of Paris during a fifth night of nationwide unrest. The mayor's wife was injured during the ordeal. She was forced to flee the home with her children. What began as protests and have since descended into uncontrolled rioting have been condemned by even the family of the young man who was killed by police. There's been, of course, a lot of discussion about why these riots have happened at the scale that they have, with everyone understanding this complex issues at heart here. Everyone, that is, except French President Emmanuel Macron. Social media platforms play a significant role in the events of the past few days. We have on several of them, Snapchat, TikTok and several others, both the organisation of violent gatherings and a form of mimicking of violence, which among the youngest leads to a feeling of unreality. It sometimes feels like some of them are experiencing in the streets the video games that have intoxicated them. There we go. Social media and video games. That's what caused the French Revolution as well. Marie Antoinette's tweeting and then Robespierre sliding into everyone's DMs. It's the only possible reason. Either that or they were also Muslim, which is what Sky News in Australia for some reason has decided is the only reason this is happening. The, the level of rioting indicates terrible social problem in France, which is that they have not been able to integrate their huge North African and Middle East Muslim population. Now this is a big challenge for France. They've got to convert these people to the French way of life. Except constant riots and protests are the French way of life. 
Three months ago, hundreds of thousands of protesters brought France to a standstill over pension reforms and even clashed with police and destroyed shop fronts. Last year, on Paris Day, tens of thousands of protesters crossed France, destroyed shop fronts and clashed with police over cost-of-living protests. If you don't trust me, do a Google search using the keywords France plus protests and put in any year and you'll find the same thing. Except somehow those protesters aren't called out for their failure to integrate or how they're ruining European culture and somehow their protests are never called riots even when they get violent and there's looting. Or maybe Macron is right. And now that everyone's leaving Twitter for threads, it will end the violence. Ashes to ashes news now. Tensions have risen between England and Australia over the Ashes, where a controversial play by the Australian cricket team drew English ire. England's pursuit of 371 ground to a halt when a shocked Johnny Bairstow was stumped. An incident... Just kidding. I couldn't give a shit. Cricket sucks and anyone who enjoys it is objectively wrong. Yes, I know I'm a Pakistani, so I'm supposed to love cricket. Guess what? I don't. It's not even a particularly athletic sport. It's about as physically demanding as Monopoly. In fact, I'd much rather watch a five-day game of Monopoly than five minutes of fucking cricket. The only way you could get me to care about the Ashes is if the Ashes were the cremated remains of whichever team loses each time. That's it for this week's edition of News Weekly. Um, by the way, if you have not joined my Patreon, do so now because I just put up a whole hour of stand-up comedy from my last stand-up comedy special. Uh, the entire edited clip is on there now. You can watch that. I also put up a new short story that I've written. I've been trying to write some more microfiction and put that on there from time to time. There's also all kinds of other book reviews and stuff there if you go taking a look through the archives. Or if you can't be asked enough to do that, just head over to the iTunes and leave me a five-star review and a rating so that News Weekly continues to climb up through the ranks. Otherwise, If you can't be asked to do any of that, just stay tuned. I'll be right back here next week with another edition of News Weekly, where we punch the news in the headlines.